Well, I've got a couple of questions for you. Are you guys ready? This is uh, review questions from last week. Do you remember what Jesus taught last week? Anything about that? Okay, well, hopefully these review questions will help you, you know, kind of trigger that memory, and maybe you can help me answer these. Why do we experience pain in our bodies and relationships? Do you understand that? Do you know why we might uh, experience pain? What did you say, Leo? Sin. Exactly. What is sin? Disobeying God. Yeah, that's a, that's a good definition of it. Pain um, comes to us as a result of that sin because Adam and Eve disobeyed God and God's curse came upon the earth and came upon the people. That's why we have to toil. That's why we have to labor in you know, our gardens, try to keep out the weeds. Uh, before that, uh, everything was perfect that God had created. It was as God called, it was good. And because of man's sin, mankind's sin, pain entered in the world. We experience pain in our bodies, but there's also pain in relationship. Like relationship between man and woman in the garden was perfect before the fall, before sin, and now there are disagreements, there's arguments, there's the conflict that happens between us and, and our relationship with others. And before sin entered in, we didn't have that conflict, but now because of sin, we experience conflict in relationships. And here's another question to try to remember back to what you were taught last week. How does sin affect our relationship with God? That's probably the most important thing to consider. How does sin affect our relationship with God? It separates us from God. All right. Puts us farther away. Yeah, that's a good, good way of describing too. Kind of a barrier between us and God. We are no longer in a peace relationship with God, but we are separated from Him because of our sin. So those are some of the things that you talked about last week and what happened when sin entered in. So i got a couple of questions that are going to be answered with some scripture that I want to read to you. And we're going to ask the questions first, so don't feel like you have to have the answer yet. Uh, we're going to read the scripture that will answer these questions. So the first question is, why did Adam name the woman Eve? Okay, that's the first question. Why did Adam name the woman Eve? And with what did God clothe Adam and Eve? Now, like I have a shirt on, you know, God gave Adam and Eve something to clothe them. So let me read this scripture. Those are the questions that we're going to try to answer with this passage. In Genesis 3, verses 20 and 21, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Okay, so now let's go back to those questions. That's the verse that answers these questions. Why did Adam name the woman Eve? What did the scripture say? You got mother of all, of all living, right? That's what the ESV translation says, of all of us, right? Because she was the first woman, uh, she was to be the mother of all. She was, the, as her name means, life giver, the one who gives life to all, but it was more than that. Not only would she give life to every person, God gave a promise that Jesus would come from her, that Jesus Christ, that is our Savior and Lord, would we be born of her seed. So that was a promise given to her. And that's another reason why she is a life giver is because Jesus comes through her, the one who gives us spiritual life. All right, why did Adam name the woman Eve? Because she's a life giver, right? And then... The second question, with what did God clothe Adam and Eve? Do you remember? 
All right. You've got like five points already. He sacrificed an animal to, give, to provide them with clothes. They had to cover their sin, right? They tried to cover their own nakedness, and they sewed together these fig leaves in an attempt to cover themselves because suddenly they realized they were naked because that was something that represented their sin. They tried to cover it, but God came in, and he had to sacrifice an innocent animal and take the skin from that animal to cover them, to clothe them. Only God could clothe them. Only God could clothe them correctly and sufficiently. So I've got another question for you. Um, Before we read this passage, uh, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 61. The question here is, why is there rejoicing in this verse that I'm about to read? So why is there rejoicing from Isaiah? It's found in Isaiah 61.10. And it says here, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. And here's the reason why, right? Here's the answer. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. So why is Isaiah rejoicing here? All right, remember how Adam and Eve were given a covering by God, were given clothes by God? See what Isaiah says here. God has clothed me with garments of salvation. So God has provided a covering, a clothing of salvation, covered them with a robe of righteousness. It's talking about Israel here. Israel is God's chosen people, called them to himself, separated for him, and he hath clothed them with this garment of of salvation. And that's why Israel is rejoicing. That's why Isaiah is rejoicing because God has done this. This is how he saves us. He covers over our sin by clothing us in the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness that comes from Christ. So that's why Isaiah is rejoicing. So the main idea here is when we read this passage of scripture from Genesis 3, 20 and 21, when we read from Isaiah 61, both of these are talking about Jesus and what Jesus would be for us, what he would do for us, right? Because the main idea of all of Scripture is God, through Jesus Christ, making us a way, making a way for us to have that relationship with God restored. You know, sin separated us from God. Christ comes in to restore a right relationship with us between God. So that's why we can rejoice. Do you think uh, the good things that we do will cancel out our sin? If we do so many bad things, if we do so many good things, it'll make up for that sin that we did. Do you think that's possible? I see head shaking. That's a good answer. Yeah, because we cannot do any work, any good work, that would cancel out any sin. And we are all sinners, right? Scripture tells us that we have all sinned, that we all fall short of the glory of God, that no good deed that we could do would outweigh that bad. What, what might we do to try to cover over sin? If we think that we could do something good to cover our sin, what might we do? Might, might we think could cover sin? We might, let's say we see someone out on the street and they're asking for money because they don't have any food and you give them money or you give them some, some food. We might think, oh, well, that, that's going to cover that sin that I did. Maybe I lied to my mom and dad, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to compensate for that by trying to, to pay and trying to give this, this man who needs some money uh, to, 
erase that sin, but that is not something that will do it. We cannot cover our own guilt and shame that sin brings into our life. Now remember back to the garden, right? And man tried to do something that could not cover a sin, but he tried. He tried to do this work. He sewed these fig leaves together, right? And he tried to cover a sin, but that was not sufficient. He could not cover his own sin. And that shows us also that our best efforts at trying to erase sin and cover over sin in our life, things that we can do, whether we try to work harder or be nicer, those things cannot cover our sins. Those things cannot save us. But God gives us a picture that our sins need to be covered and that he is the one that has to do it. Why can't we save ourselves from sin? We kind of answered it already, right? We can't do any work that will save ourselves from sin. No good deed. If we're doing anything apart from Christ working in us, we're really just doing it for ourselves. And it is because the debt that we owe to God cannot be paid by us because we are sinful. It took someone who was sinless, someone who was innocent, to pay the price for us so that we could have our sins covered. And who did that for us? Jesus Christ did that for us. He was the one who came and provided us with a sacrifice of himself, the innocent one sacrificing us so that we could be clothed spiritually with his righteousness. Just as God sacrificed the innocent animal to clothe Adam and Eve, so God sacrifices Christ, the perfect lamb of God, so that our sins could be covered by him, so that we could be in that robe of righteousness that Isaiah 61 talks about, that that robe or that clothing in his salvation. So here at the beginning, God is giving us a picture of what he would do for us by sending Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, who is the innocent one, who is the gift to us from God to cover our sin. And he was a gift. We didn't earn him. Right? Just like the innocent animal that was sacrificed for Adam and Eve's sin covering, did that animal sin himself? No, he was innocent. Adam and Eve committed the sin. Did Christ sin? No, he couldn't sin. He was God. He had to be the sacrifice for our sin, but he was the one who took the punishment for our sin so that we could be forgiven. Our sin needed covering, so God in his grace gave us his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty of the death that we deserved for our sin. So if we were trying to earn our salvation if you're trying to just be nice to your brothers or sisters just because you want to make God pleased with you, I mean, we should be nice, but we should do that not to earn salvation, but because we are saved, because we are saved by Jesus, because God offers us that robe of righteousness, that clothing of salvation. Just as an animal was sacrificed to cover the shame of Adam and Eve, so too Jesus was sacrificed to cover the shame of our sin. In Romans 3, 20 through 22, For by works of the law, no human being can be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Right? Adam and Eve became aware of their nakedness because of their sin. But now the righteousness of God, right? the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, so the apart from any work that we can do, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we repent of our sin, God clothes us with the righteousness of Christ. 
How would you describe righteousness? Do you know the definition of righteousness? I guess that is an act of righteousness, is obeying God. But righteousness is the thing that is acceptable before God. And it took one who was totally perfect, and that was Jesus Christ, in order to satisfy God's wrath towards our sin. And that's why when we put our faith in him and we repent of our sin, that means we turn from it, that God then clothes us with the righteousness of Christ. And this is something that he promises to us if we turn from our sin and put our complete trust in him. His sacrifice on the cross was sufficient to cover all our sin and remove that separation, that distance between us and God because of sin. So a request that we have for you guys is that, and this is of parents, is that we pray for our children and that we would look to God and God alone to clothe them in his gracious garments of salvation. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we just thank you for your word, your truth to us. And God, I pray that it would begin to just take up root, take up residence in the hearts and in the lives of our young people here. Help us to be faithful in teaching it to them. And I pray that the things that I might have said here that were in error, would, that would be covered over, Lord, and that only the things that are of your truth would remain in them, that they would take these things and that they would turn them over in their minds and they would begin to make sense of them and they would begin to become aware of these things that you have revealed to us in your word. God, thank you for the all-sufficient sacrifice that is found in your son, Jesus Christ. And that by putting our faith and our trust in him and repenting of our sin, we could have our sins covered and we could be clothed in his righteousness. Thank you for that forgiveness that you provided through Jesus Christ by your grace. We did not deserve it. We cannot earn it, Lord, but still you freely gave it to us. Help us to always, always trust in you and being the one who has saved us, has rescued us from the consequence of our sin and that is death. And Lord, we just praise you and we ask that you are glorified um, through our lives and pray that um, this teaching will just begin to, um, begin to grow in us and help us in our knowledge and understanding of you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.